You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in. It's your Thursday Locked On Syracuse podcast. Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard. And like every Thursday, we are brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need rockauto.com. We're talking all things 2022 recruiting today, and we'll get into it tomorrow as well on the show. All of this coming out of our guy, Matthew Gutierrez's article on The Athletic about the future of Syracuse and what these classes are going to look like, especially now that we are going to get what's hopefully a more normal summer, a more normal recruiting cycle. Going to be a little bit easier on these coaches as opposed to having to go through Zooms and all that stuff and not having the AAU circuits to go to. But Tim, before we get to all of that, we got to do a little bit of plug-in here because we want you guys to leave a review for this show on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. I saw one come in the other day. From Kurtman007, I wonder if he's a Bond descendant there, but he said, good quality (laughs) podcast, great to keep up on all Cuse news way down in Tampa, Florida, Locked On is great, and this Cuse pod is great too, rate these guys high so they keep the content coming, so be like Kurtman007, leave us a review, we'd love to hear Five star listener, right there. Five star listener, we talk about five star recruits on here, we're going to talk about some five stars on today's show, but Kurtman007, you are a five star listener as well. Also, find us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Okay, so I think we start with this. I had three major takeaways from this article. A, what this 2021 roster is going to look like. B, name image likeness. I think that's a really interesting one and the twist that Goody threw in there. And C, what we're looking for this summer. So let's start with this season. And... Matthew Gutierrez basically laid out that they are not going to add anyone. They are done. The roster is set, which to me says two things. One, Frank Anselm is here to stay. At least all the indications. And kind of like what we've said this entire time, no news is good news on the Frank Anselm front. And I think that the fact that the roster feels set kind of tells you he's staying. Yeah, I mean, we talk about this off the air all the time because we've been planning our podcast for weeks thinking, oh, maybe we'll get some news on Frank and then that'll be one of the episodes. And then next week, oh, maybe the Frank news will come this week. It might just not be coming at this point. And Which is good. That's great. Yeah, I, I'm hoping, I'm actually sort of surprised that it's gone this way. I really figured that we would get something, whether it was Mike Waters or Donna DeTota kind of getting a behind-the-scenes set up to interview him, and then it's just sort of a Syracuse article. I think I mentioned it before where it's like, okay, Frank Anselm, I'm coming back, in quotes or something. I feel like we've it's gotten It's like what that. O'Shea did. Remember when O'Shea... By the way, shout-out to O'Shea Brissett because yeah, he cow. is playing like a man possessed right now. He has been awesome for the Indiana Pacers. I've loved watching him in the play-in game the other day. We didn't get to talk about that yesterday, but I'm glad we... Have a brief moment to bring it up right here. But remember after O'Shea's freshman season, he put out a video on, I believe it was the Syracuse basketball official account, saying why he's returning. And it's because everyone had buzzed him up that, hey, he's playing really well as a freshman. He might go one and done or at least test the waters. And he came out, made a video and said, I'm coming back. I'm coming back no matter what. Now, I think this is a little bit different because Frank wasn't going to the NBA or testing the NBA draft waters, but... 
It is, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think we would have seen a Mike Waters, Donna DeTota sort of story. And maybe it's coming. Another one that just makes me think that maybe it should be coming soon is Robert Braswell last year. I feel like we got something similar from Braswell where he talked to Mike Waters. correct, yeah. Yeah, and I think even the initial article was, I'm still making up my mind, but I'm leaning towards Syracuse. Just some sort of knowledge of the situation. And for whatever reason, it seems like everyone we talk to, everyone that's close to the program, they don't really know about the Frank situation. It's been just 50-50 in a lot of people's eyes the entire time. We saw the tweets early on that seemed like a bad sign, but now I am feeling very good. And you're right, seeing Goody say in his article, all signs point towards the roster being complete at 10 scholarship players gives me confidence. And that makes sense at this point that they would not add anyone else. I think Arthur Kaluma would have been a good fit, but there's really no one... And I know some fans would argue, well, what if an injury happens, whatever. It's hard to convince a guy to come that is any good at this point is what I would say to that. That's a really good point there because, yeah, you cannot plan for injury. Of course, you have to have a quote-unquote plan for what happens if this guy gets in foul trouble or all that. But you're not convincing a kid to say, hey, come here because who knows? We might see Benny Williams get hurt. That that no kid is going to bite at that. So that's that, it. Maybe in the case of Barama, you could sell someone because there's an injury history there. But that's not the way you want to sell your program. Is that hey, you are our Plan B for everything. Right. So the other thing that I kind of gleaned from this, and, and Goody put it in there, but the 2021 class is probably the model of the future for Syracuse and how they do recruiting in that they're going to be small on the number of guys they try to get out of high school, and they're going to go transfer portal heavy. You've seen them bring in three guys through the portal already this season, and they only had one recruit out of high school. Granted, it was a big-time recruit in Benny Williams, a five-star, but that's the model for the future, and I don't think Syracuse is going to be alone in that model. I remember everyone talks about Coach K and how he adopted to the new era of the game by going one and done, but it seems like this could be the new model where you get one or two guys, you cherry pick your handful, and then you go after whoever else is trying to get a second go around in the transfer portal. Yeah, and just to clarify, because we're going to get into the 2022 class in a little bit here, Goody does note that that's going to be a bigger class. Could be even four or five guys, he says. But you're right. I think that a lot of teams are going to go this way. This is going to be a national trend. And when you think about it from a coaching perspective, if you are a coach, it just makes things easier if you're adding a guy from the transfer portal. He's more of a known commodity at that point. It's easier for planning purposes in terms of scholarships, lineups, rotations, whatever, because you think about a guy like Tyler Ennis, Syracuse recruits him with the knowledge that he will be there for probably at least two years. He has this sensational freshman year. He goes one and done. And we talked about this in more recent examples, Malachi Richardson. There's been these tournament runs that have propelled guys to leaving earlier than they thought. And then they're kind of caught in a bad situation where they didn't have the point guard they wanted in the next class to back him up and slide in after Ennis or whatever. So you have less of those problems. I just look at even a current example this year take Arthur Kaluma, right? Would you rather have Arthur Kaluma or Quincy Garrier on your roster next year? Now, you could argue Kaluma could be more talented, and he has that great ranking of being a top 50 guy, and he's younger, and maybe he stays for a couple more years than Quincy. But also, Arthur Kaluma could pan out like Jalen Carey. I'm not saying he will, but there's guys that 
come in with big ratings and they just don't work out. And that happens all across college basketball, not just at Syracuse. So whereas with Quincy, you know, okay, he's coming in. He gave me 15 in the ACC per game last year. He's going to give me right around that and get a little bit better. And you just know what you're getting more. So it makes it easier on coaching staffs. And I think we'll see a lot more classes like this across the country. And just look at the way that it's worked out too. I mean, Syracuse is the perfect example. Bayheim did not go heavily into the transfer portal, really until the last five or so years. And then he does. Some of his best players have been transfers. You think about Michael Benege, best player on a Final Four team right there. He is a transfer. You look at this season, Alan Griffin, one of your better players, he was a transfer. Andrew White, John Gillen. I mean, there have been really quality players that Bayheim has found in the portal. And it kind of comes down to, and I think a a good example of it from this past season was Michigan. Could Michigan have gone out and gotten shooting guard number 10 and recruited him? Maybe get a four-star level guy to come in? Or you could have went out and got Sean D. Brown like they did, and he came in and he was really good for that team. And that's, I think, like we've kind of mentioned here, that's going to be the model moving forward. We don't want to necessarily go into the the high school market as much because you never know how all that's going to pan out. Plus, if you do get these guys to transfer in, it's a lot harder for them to transfer out after because they will have to sit that year. Again, this is a one-time waiver. You get to transfer one time, no penalty. But if you want to transfer a second time, then you got to sit out the year again. There's just more clarity, I think, in what you can promise a kid, and promise is maybe a strong word, but what you can tell a kid when you're pitching a recruiting pitch to him. Like Cole Swider, for example, they got him on the phone and they said, okay, here's the situation, Cole. We're losing this guy, this guy, and this guy. We need you. You're going to be needed next year. Now, if Cole Swider's a freshman and they haven't seen him play at this level and there's still concerns about Maybe he'll come in and need a year to adjust to the college speed like a lot of even really highly ranked guys do. I don't know if you can necessarily, I mean, you can say we need you, but I just feel like you can be a little bit more straightforward in your approach. Like when Alan Griffin, you're pitching him, you say, we lost Elijah Hughes. You can be Elijah Hughes for us next year because we've seen you do it at Illinois, so we feel confident enough to say that to you. And it's tougher to say that to a high school kid who just hasn't proven it at the next level yet. Hey, quick break to tell you about the best place to go to keep your car moving on the road. It is rockauto.com. You know, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's almost impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why often endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? You don't know that sort of question. And wait while the counterman or woman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. Why do that when you've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and also in your pocket? Rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years now. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks and they'll have it delivered directly to your door. They've got 
amazing selection and reliably low prices. So all you got to do now is go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure that when you do make that purchase on rockauto.com, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. The other interesting thing that I saw in here was the whole conversation around name, image, and likeness. And this is going to be one of those new nuances to the sport where we're going to have to wait and see what strategies work, what doesn't, and, and how it's going to shift the entire landscape of everything. But one of the interesting things that I noted in here was Goody talking about how name, image, and likeness will make it more difficult to recruit out of your state or region because of the fact that you're best known where you come from and it'll be easiest to make money on endorsements in areas where you are known. And I saw that and I thought, hmm, okay, that's an interesting little tidbit. Yeah. But I don't necessarily agree with it either. Okay. Because think about how a lot of this is going to be monetized, right? A lot of it's going to be done through social media and how many Instagram followers, Twitter followers you have. So you don't get one million Instagram followers by being from New York. Like I think about Zion Williamson, right? He's from South Carolina. And Zion had millions of Instagram followers while he was at his, his little private school in South Carolina. And it's because of how he played. And it's not because there was a ton of people in South Carolina that came to watch him. Sure, plenty of people went to South Carolina. You could sell a lot of stuff out in South Carolina, but he's going to be able to sell stuff no matter where he is. And I think we're starting to see as we move further and further into the social media and the Instagram age that... It's going. The reason why you have so many followers and the reason why college athletes are so marketable is because of their nationwide reach. Yeah. And that, to me, I, that's why I found that I, I would push back on that slightly. So I'm kind of with you. I think it's an interesting point. I hadn't really considered it, the regionality and, and what that might mean. And maybe there will be something to that. But what I see is the bigger school is just getting a little richer. And I think Syracuse falls into that category because if I'm a high school kid and I'm wondering, all right, I want to make some money off of my brand, my name, image, likeness, when I'm going to pick a school, I would just pick the schools of the biggest fan base, period. I think Syracuse is really right at the top of that list in terms of appeal of signing autographs at Destiny USA or something. Like there's... Syracuse is the pro team. You might not be able to kinda. sign art- autographs to Destiny USA much longer. I don't know if you've been <laughs> yeah, seeing that, but it, you got a good point there. Um, but sorry, maybe go anyways, to Manny's. At, at, and, yeah, Billy Fasillo. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll, you'll sign some at the car dealership. Right. I just think that Syracuse. I mean, they get thirty, thirty-five thousand in there at times for the big games. It's like a pro team in a weird way up there. It's New Bigger York's a college team. team. Yeah. And I mean, you're talking 30,000 in the building. That's bigger than. Right. I mean, right. big pro stadiums are like 22. Yeah. So if I'm, a, I mean, I just feel like if you're between Syracuse and UNLV, I use that Arthur Columbus just went to UNLV, right? How many autographs is he going to sign from a UNLV fan compared to a Syracuse fan? And that's not the only way to make money, but I think it's a big deal. And I view this as 
maybe hurting the mid-majors a little bit and hurting the lower-ranked power conference schools and even making it more likely that a kid who was... Because there was this kind of fad recently where you see a Ben Simmons go to LSU. Um, I can't think of a... Like, just guys Kate going... Kate Cunningham. Kate well, Cunningham. There, there were other motives yeah, sure. there, but Markel <laughs> Fultz, too. Right, and I think LSU definitely... Uh, dropped a bag or two. Um, at least that's what they're doing now, for sure, with Will Wade. Strong-ass offers, as he was quoted of saying. But anyway, uh, I do think that that fad will kind of tether off a little bit, and we'll see the bigger schools become more of a, a factor for the name-image-likeness period. Yeah, because it comes down to, are you the star, or are you... Well, in the case of Syracuse, if you're a basketball player, you are a star. It doesn't matter if you are Buddy Beheim or if you were Robert Braswell. You could sell something in Syracuse by being any one of those one through eights. Not going to be the case if you go down to, let's say, Clemson basketball. You're probably not selling something if you're one through eight. You got to be more like one through two, maybe one through three. The depth chart lengthens at these bigger programs. Kentucky, you're going to be able to sell anything as long as you have a little UK insignia on your jacket. Same thing at Duke, Carolina. It's going to be the fan bases because that is what you're catering to. Athlete marketing is about to see a major shift. And we talk about like booming industries. Athlete marketing is going to be one of those things, especially with name, image, likeness, that things are going to change drastically, and it's going to be a race to keep up with it. You're going to have to hire your own department, and this is going to be one of those things that Syracuse, as well as the rest of college sports, is going to have to look into. There is going to be new staff for you. You're going to have to hire someone to be, like, I think back to... I don't know if you've watched Ted Lasso, but oh, great the, the one the one girl, what's her name? Um, the one who does all the PR for them. You're going to need one of those on your staff to, and it's going to be a whole staff of them. You're going to need people that can market your athletes to everyone out there and, and get the word out and, and get the advertising dollars to roll in because that is how you are going to help these recruits make money. And ultimately, you're going to land recruits because you're going to say, hey, we made that player X amount of dollars. You could be next. Yeah. You're talking about the girlfriend to one of the, the players girlfriend, on the team? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Right. Or any Ted Lasso fans, just to clarify. I can't remember her name right now, but great show for anyone that hasn't seen it. I do think, and look, I'm I'm trying to be optimistic about this because we like Syracuse. and Just like Ted Lasso. Them. Right. But Be a goldfish. <laughs> be a goldfish, exactly. But... I do think this, the more I think about it, I think this is good for Syracuse. Name, image, likeness, what's coming. And I don't know how much people believe this, but when DeBundo gets on here and he talks about how they're not paying players and other schools are, well, maybe it levels the playing field in that regard, one. And just two, I think, if, especially Syracuse basketball, because there's not really many schools where you go to, And as a basketball player, as the point guard, you're more marketable than the quarterback. And that might be the case at Syracuse. So if you're hyper-focusing on basketball or even lacrosse, I know it's going to be less of a factor at the lacrosse level, but why wouldn't you go to Syracuse if you're a lacrosse player? Because you know all your games are on TV. All your games are watched by just more people. I mean, Syracuse lacrosse has a radio play-by-play broadcast for each game. And the student station does it too. There's not many places in the entire country and they might be the only one last I checked that has that and it's because there's a huge community there and a huge following and same goes for basketball so I really will help Syracuse I think the name image likeness stuff 
One of the other things to to kind of stray away from the the out of state argument and, and how it may be difficult, even if you are from out of state, that doesn't mean you can't shoot a commercial there in the summer or something like that. Or I look at it this way. I don't know if you've seen what Notre Dame's been doing with their football program. This is actually pretty cool. But they have been putting billboards in the cities of where their recruits are from. And so I actually, I drove by one the other day, but they've got one up in Chicago and it just says, I think it says like Chicago made and it's a bunch of, and it's the four or five Chicago guys that are at Notre Dame on that billboard. So yeah, all your friends and family are going to drive by that on the expressway and, and see you on that billboard. And that's why I think the the whole argument of state, and again, I'm not saying this is Goody's argument. This is probably something that was passed along to him, but you're going to have to find the best way to do this. And listen, maybe I'm wrong, okay? Maybe I, maybe you have to get more regionalized and Syracuse will have to focus in on New York City and New Jersey and Pennsylvania. I could be wrong. This is just the way I see it right now, though, is that you gain a million Instagram followers not just by being a star in New York City. You gain a million Instagram followers because people across the country are seeing you. Right. It just makes me laugh because I'm thinking if a kid's face is on a billboard in Chicago, they should already be getting paid. I'm glad we're getting there right. because it's long <laughs> yeah. overdue for sure. No doubt. All right, guys, quick break to remind you about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action right now. Kind of a sneaky, great time to be betting on sports right now. You got NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, and the PGA Championship is coming up this week. If you like betting on the golf major, second major of the season, I'll hand out one winner for you guys right now. Justin Thomas, 16-1 to to win the PGA Championship. Hitting it great, just needs the putter to turn around, but I like him this week. On betonline.ag, you can go over and lay that bet right now. And when you sign up for your free account at betonline.ag, don't forget about our promo code. It's locked on, all one word, L O C K E D O N, and it gets you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That could be some serious savings. If you're looking to bet on Justin Thomas of the PGA Championship, maybe put down $100 when you sign up. That first deposit of $100 gets you 50 free dollars to bet on other things. Maybe throw on the NBA playoffs, whatever. You can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. With our promo code locked on, all one word, over at betonline.ag. All right, one of the other things that I was very intrigued by in this, and we'll get to more of it on tomorrow's show when we go through your responses that you gave us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. We put out who you guys want to see as a part of this 2022 class joining Kamari Lambs. And as Goody said, this is probably going to be a bigger class, four to five guys. Now, a bulk of it will probably still be the transfer portal. You're probably only going to get two, maybe three actual high school recruits. But the six guys to watch this summer, all right? So he laid it out. Donovan Klingon, Chance Westry, Justin Taylor, Chris Bunch, Kyle Flipowski, and Kadir Copeland. So when I go through that list, I think... Klingon's one of those guys that obviously Syracuse was on him early. That would be a huge get at the center position. I think that is a near must for this team at the center position moving forward. But I I was intrigued by what was said about Chance Westry. How he is still the top guard target yeah. for this program. 
But this was maybe more important for me. If you get Chance Westry, you can restore your foothold in Pennsylvania, something that's kind of died ever since Hop left. And to get yeah. back into the, these certain pipelines, you think about it, New Jersey, DMV area, Philly, those are the areas that when you're Syracuse and you operate very regionally, those are the three major areas and New York City as well. So I should say four major areas that you need to be targeting and have a strong hold in. I think they've done the DMV really well lately, but Philly and New Jersey are two of those spots they need to get back to. Yeah, I thought the Chance Western note was very interesting because it feels like things have quieted down a little bit on that front since Justin Taylor's been more of a hot topic recently. Copeland has definitely been rising up people's rankings. Well, you can say and- it. You're allowed to say it, Tim, ever since someone decommitted. Oh, well, yeah. Felt like everything's Maybe. kind of... Maybe since that that guy with the D decommitted. I mean, there was a time where we felt very good about Chance Westry. Now, I just didn't really know what to think until you read this article and it does seem like they're still very high on him. Now, that doesn't mean he's coming, but I did like that he's also traveling back to the East Coast and going to finish up his high school career there. Goody note in the article, which probably doesn't mean a ton, but... You know, you look at what they have. They have a forward in this class. They're after a couple bigs, I would call it, because Filipowski is kind of like a Marek-type figure, a little more strength Biden. on him. But yeah, yeah, Klingon is, is the quote-unquote center. You whiffed on Huntley Hatfield, so Klingon is the, the center. Mulvey's out now. Uh, Filipowski, or he'd be a nice option there as like a big or someone that could play the back half of the zone. But the rest of them are guards and forwards. And you already got one forward, and Chance Westry could kind of play both sides of the zone. So he, from a flexibility standpoint, really is appealing to me. Right, and just has the skill, too. Like, let's not get lost on this. We've talked about it, how the recruiting needs to get back to the top 50 guys, and he's certainly one of those guys. So you want to be able to go out there and have that appeal to these top-level talents. And Chance Westry would be, a, a coupled with Kamari Lands, would be a great start. I mean, you're talking about a recruiting class that would probably wind up being top three in the ACC and top 15 to 20 in the entire country, which is a territory we haven't really seen Syracuse get into. So I think that's important. Another note I took away from this is Justin Taylor, how one assistant coach said he's the best shooter in the class. And we see what it looks like when you've got one of the best shooters on the floor every single night. We see it with Buddy Beheim, And you need to start building in. We talk about the Jim Beheim succession plan. How about the Buddy Beheim succession plan? Because that needs to start being a focus for this team because he's got one more year left. I doubt he'll use the extra year. I think he can go pro potentially or at least give it a shot. But you need to be able to, to lock down the next shooter. So... The transition year to year, it won't feel like you're losing as much when you at least have the pieces in place of, okay, personnel-wise, this is what we did last year. We can do it again this year. Taylor and really a lot of these guys right now are just rising, it feels like, which I guess is a good problem to have, but it makes it even tougher to reel them in. It's it's a testament to the Syracuse staff. They got on a couple of these guys early. You look at uh, Filipowski, he is skyrocketing up boards right now. Well, even clinging too. Yeah, right. He was first offer with Syracuse. So you got a good point there. But even just in the recent past two or three months, like we've kind of known Klingon's a big deal. We've kind of known J.J. Starling. 
Uh, Chance Westry have been big deals for a while. All of a sudden, Justin Taylor and Filipowski are just as big of a deal as those guys across recruiting metrics and rankings right now. And just looking at their offer sheet, I mean, Justin Taylor's got UNC, UVA, and and obviously that's going to be a key school there because he is from Charlottesville and it's the home school. So he's going to be a tough ad, but I feel decently good about Justin Taylor just based on some of the comments and and that he is taking a visit. And there was something, an article recently, Syracuse.com spoke to Copeland and he mentioned how he's been talking with Justin Taylor and they've sort of been joking and being like, wow, that'd be awesome if we both went there. And if you could get Copeland Taylor lands, that's a great core to your class. I don't want to get too excited, but it really does feel like this is shaping up to be a very solid class. Right. And in, in the case of Copeland, that's also getting back into Pennsylvania, too. Yeah, which true. We talk about all the time. You want to have these footholds in these different areas and these hotbeds because you never know who's going to be the next big guy out of there. One more guy that I want to note um, from this list of six, Chris Bunch, who we haven't talked a lot about him, and I don't feel like he gets a lot of buzz on here. Again, he's not the the top of the top. I think he's sitting around like the 110, 115 range in terms of recruiting ranks, but doesn't he kind of feel like the guy who Syracuse just gets? He's the system guy. Maybe he's punching a little bit above his weight in terms of where he's committing to, but he kind of feels like the guy who Syracuse just gets. Fits the system well, does everything the coaching staff wants him to do, team really likes him, all that stuff. He kind of feels like that guy to me. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there, and and Goody laid it out. Pretty uh, interesting note here in what he writes. He says, of the six players listed here, and we've talked about most of them that were mentioned in the article, but he said, of the six he's talking about, I think Syracuse has as sturdy a chance to land Bunch as anyone. And that sort of surprised me. I don't I don't want to take too much from just one quote. I mean, he's not saying they're going to get the guy or they're not going to get the guy, but he's a West Coast guy, so I felt like another one that maybe had gotten a little bit quieter on, but you're right. I mean, Kamari lands, there wasn't any talk about him, and then boom, he drops a commitment. So this things can happen quickly here, and just because we're not hearing about one player doesn't mean they're off the table. Absolutely. One last thing I'll get out and then we'll get out of here, but no JJ Starling and no Zion Cruz on that list of six. Now I know the Zion buzz has really died down, but the JJ Starling, and we put him on our little graphic that we're going to discuss on tomorrow's show, but that's one that I would have really liked to see this team get. And I know You've heard the stories like, wasn't he a UNC fan or a Duke fan growing up despite living in Syracuse? So yeah, I, I get think that, so. but it, it, it's tough. And the fact that he's not on this list, especially when he could fill a pretty big role because you're going to need a point guard at some point. And of course, you're you're in the battle for Copeland, but that's a, a top 50, top 60 guy in your backyard. Those are the guys you want to wrap up usually. Yeah, he, I had kind of ruled him out at, at one point, but then he said some more encouraging things. So I don't think they're totally out of Starling. I would put him kind of in the category of Donovan Klingon, where I don't feel like it's going to happen, but it would be huge if they got him. And the other guy to mention, who we'll talk about on tomorrow's show a little bit maybe, Ty Rogers is just really the only other player that yeah. they're still after a lot and Goody didn't bring up in this article. And Zion Cruz, you're right, I don't, that one's not happening. And Look, the 2022 dream class has changed from Dior, Zion, J.J. Starling, 
Jairus Walker and his pals to Westry. Yeah, it, it's it's a little different, but again, just because these names weren't up there initially in that category doesn't mean they're not going to finish there. I I really think Filipowski is a McDonald's All American when it's all said and done. And Syracuse Ooh, may have gotten on him you. a little later, but still. Putting on your Jeff Borzello cap right there. I like it. <laughs> yeah. You're Paul Biancardi. It feels like he is just climbing. So I'm, I'm sure we'll talk more about these guys on tomorrow's show. But yeah, it's it's still going to be a good class. It's just who fits the, the last couple pieces of the puzzle there behind Kamari Lance. All right. Well, we'll dive into it tomorrow, who we want, who we think will come, and your responses as well. So get those into us at LO underscore Syracuse on Twitter. We're going to talk all things recruiting, and we're also going to get into where Quincy lands because we'll know that information by the time we record for tomorrow's show. So for Tim, I'm Tyler. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.